Welcome to Balanced Life with Debbie Carlin Boyle, conversations connecting to a healthier you, the show that gives you all the latest and greatest health and wellness information to inspire you to live a life of balance and joy. Debbie Carlin Boyle is a health and nutrition coach, personal trainer, and fitness instructor who helps her clients live in balance with everything that feeds us in addition to the food on our plate. Please welcome your host, Debbie Carlin Boyle. Hi, welcome everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me this Tuesday, wherever you are in the world. So the time may not be the same, but here in beautiful downtown sunny Burbank, it's 2 p.m. Pacific time. So thank you for joining us. My guest is on Eastern time today. So uh, so that part of the audience may be three hours ahead. And either way, if you're joining us live, I thank you. If you are not joining us live, I thank you. It's a really good conversation that we're going to have today that I think that I think applies to everybody at some point in their life it goes through some stressful hardship times, some unknowing times. And we're going to talk about how to kind of lift ourselves out of that. But before we get into uh, my guest today and our subject and everything we're doing, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. So I am, as you heard at the beginning, my name is Debbie Carlin Boyle. I'm a health and nutrition coach, a personal trainer and a fitness instructor. And I help people find balance in their life with all the things that feed us. I know if you're watching the screen, you see me cooking, but, but there are things besides food that feed us in life, believe it or not. And we need one of those things we're going to talk about today. We need those things to all come into alignment in order for us to have a healthy life of longevity with quality. Because as we age, and I have this little, my book to come out is known, the working title is Age Young. As we age, what more could we ask for than longevity with quality? So I invite you to join me uh, at any of my programs, whether it be one-on-one or my groups or workshops. I do everything remotely as well as working together in person. You should go to my website to find me. I am Balanced Life by Debbie, D E B I dot com. And there you'll see all my services, a little background on me, and a way to get in touch. You'll also see a pop up when you go there, and there is a fall detox. And what it is is three recipes for three days so breakfast, lunch, and dinner each day that are light and easy to prepare. And there's the market list, I believe, that goes with it. And once you go out and get this going in those three days, at the end of those three days, you're going to feel remarkably lighter on your feet. What a way to jump into fall than feeling from a good place kind of before we reset, before the holidays come. And this is just free. And if you want to talk to me, then just reach out. There's a place that says contact me and you can reach out and we can have a conversation. I do free 45 minute intake. So we can talk about you and what you're going through and what is out of balance in your life. And we can try to find the tools. I give you all of those suggestions and tools to put things back together into alignment. 
So I also want to let you know that my show is always a call-in show because it's conversations that we have that connect to a healthier you. And these conversations, I want you to get involved in too. So if you're watching live and you can take down this number, the number here is area code 323-524-2599. That's 323-524-2599. Call in any time when you feel like we're having part of the conversation that you have a question about or a comment or something that resonates with you. We'd love to hear from you live. If you're not watching live or listening live, then you can make a comment or ask a question on my YouTube channel or my Facebook page or my Instagram underneath the heading of the show. And myself or my guests will get back to you post-show. We keep the conversation going on and on. Now, before we get going also, just today, because it is World Mental Health Day, I want to give you a few suggestions here on how to nourish your mental health. So just take mental notes, or if you want to write these down, they're just little bullet points of things you can do to have a really stronger, when things, it's very stressful time in the world right now, it's... um, It's really rough what's going on in Israel, and we're seeing some images, and we're knowing that we feel a little bit helpless, but to got to stay healthy ourselves to keep ourselves good for you and good for those that you love and everybody around you. So one of the things, the first things you should do is just think about eating the rainbow, all those colorful foods, and get those phytonutrients that you can get. And when I say that, not processed, healthy, real food. Try to get up and get outside every morning. Get that a little bit of vitamin D. Get that sunshine on your face. Declutter your space. Try to keep everything organized. It's going to keep your body and your mind organized as well. Try a new activity. Maybe you haven't tried pickleball, or maybe you haven't tried taking hikes lately just to get out in nature. Ground yourself. That's also another mental health hack. Connect with a professional if you need at this time. If you need help, don't be afraid. We're going to talk about this today. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be ashamed. Don't have fear. Reach out. They're there to help you. Go ahead and call a friend to go grab a cup of coffee or any, or, or just take a walk. But reach out to a friend and, and just sit and talk. Sometimes that will lower your cortisol levels and just keep your stress level down. And last but not least, during this time and any time, find a way to have random acts of kindness. Kindness is the number one thing in every relationship. Those that you do know and those that you're just meeting and don't know, just be kind. All right, we're going to get on with the show. So appropriately... On this World Mental Health Day, we're going to have a discussion on finding your passion. And one of the components of longevity is finding joy in what you do for a living. As a health coach, I help my clients unlock their potential, embrace their passion, and turn it into a profession if they so desire. My guest today, Mary Kay Sab. Saverse, okay, wait, I'm going to say this right. Saverse is going to share with us how she 
turned her passion into a profession. Mary Kay is a traditionally published, best-selling, award-winning fiction author and speaker. She is known for her quirky titles, her debut novel, Tiger's Love Bubble Baths and Obsession Perfume, who knew? A mystery romance with a supernatural twist, which garnered eight awards. Her recent novel is a fantasy adventure intertwined with romance and a soon-to-be audio book. The Girl in the Twile War Wallpaper is the first in the Star Writers trilogy. The second novel, The Star Writers Club, will be published soon. She's a finalist, or was a finalist, in SIBA first place and grand prize category. The Girl in the Twal Wallpaper won the New York City Big Book Award for Fantasy, the International Royal Dragonfly for Fantasy, and Yah, and most recently swept the fantasy category at the International Cadmus Awards. U.S. Review, review of Books compared it to A Wrinkle in Time and Doctor Who. Very cool. So let's hear how Mary turned her passion project into a profession and how you can do that, too. So will you please welcome my guest, Mary Sarvese, to the show. It's pronounce your last name, Mary. Savarice. Savarice. I said that. Savarice. Didn't I say that? Close. No, nothing. Yeah. I wasn't close at all. But that's, see, that's my thing. I'm notorious uh, for not being close at all to getting it right. Hi, thank you for joining us today. And um, I'm really excited to have you on this World Mental Health Day. Because I know you fought with some issues yourself, which made you this award-winning author that you are today. So to get started... I want to hear the road you traveled, starting with from where you were born, what your childhood was like, your schooling, and everything that sort of led up to where you are today. So we want your story. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience today, Debbie, and thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Um, Yeah, mental health. So, so important, not only today, but as you said, every day. And I love what you said, growing young, um, because that's what we each do strive for. Um, You asked me my journey. Well, you can hear my accent. It is my Brooklyn accent. I live in Florida now, but many years ago, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, where I spent... um, most of my, well, I spent my teenage years there and my um, young adult years there. I received a degree, not in writing or journalism or anything like that. My degree was earned um, St. John's University and within the uh, New York City um, University system, um, a finance degree, accounting degree, business degree. And that's what I pursued. And um, I I married in my Well, before 20s. you married, did yes. you have a career in finance? Or yes, you did? Exactly. Okay. I worked within the insurance industry within the finance accounting department, ah, Debbie. Okay. So that's what you were doing before you married. Yes. And yes. then you married and then what happened? Well, I... It's not that I rushed into having children right away. I was very much a career woman. 
and uh, we moved. We decided, my husband and I, he was offered a position in um, New England. It was Massachusetts. And we said, why not? And we fell in love with New England. And we spent seven years outside of Boston in the suburbs. And I continued working and he worked. And um, I lived, I have to throw this in, Debbie, I lived in a 220-year-old um, farmhouse oh, in cool. Westford, Massachusetts, so cool. where I did experience um, something. It could have been a guardian angel or a ghost. Really? And, <laughs> yes. Do yeah. tell. What, 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 what were the uh, happenings that you think you experienced that? Well... I was, um, now I married five years, my first pregnancy, and we, you know, we go, women go through this all the time. And my, uh, my first pregnancy resulted in a miscarriage. Well, we've After, just went through that in my, in my family. So you're right, right about women do go through that right. all the time. It was yes. devastating. I remember falling apart mm -hmm. and it isn't until you, and this is so important, until you are actually holding your child and that baby is healthy and everything else, do you realize that that miscarriage was okay? It's mm -hmm. nothing you did. It was your body's normal response to something that did not develop properly. But because it was my first pregnancy, I was totally devastated. So um, within six months after that, I was pregnant again. And I was so afraid yeah. of, you know, doing anything that I thought might cause another miscarriage because you really don't understand you're so emotionally attached to this pregnancy, to having a healthy baby. And I lived, um, as I said, Westford, Massachusetts. This is now January, early February. This was many, many years ago. And um, it was an attached home. And I normally go out one certain way. This time I went out a different way. And to this day, I can actually see what I was wearing, how I felt. Um, I was walking on a sheet of ice, but it was covered with snow. And as I started to fall, I could, nobody can see me because the way this home was structured, there were um, trees to the right of me, um, shrubbery, even though there was nothing on the shrubbery, nobody could see me. And it was though I was floating in time. And at again, at that point in my life, I never told anybody because I would have thought people would have thought I was crazy. But I had enough time to straighten out my hands and to just float down. And um, I was prostate um, on the, you know, just coming down very slowly. And I'll never forget that. And I always wondered, was it my angel or was it um, just a benevolent spirit that lived in this 220 year old farmhouse? But I never told anybody <laughs> until recently. Now I'd love to talk about it. Really? Well, it's it's something. It's something that's yeah. stayed with you, and you yes. know, it's 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 uh, kind of festered. And now you have to get it out for a reason. So it probably was something of, of a supernatural 
uh, yep. incident, you know, very cool, very cool that you and, lived and in Debbie, that house. And as I would say, at that point in your life, I was, you know, my degree, my career was in accounting financing. Um, but it does help me in my writing today. I have no fear of going into those different realms. And I think it is because of that point in my life being introduced to something that was very helpful and benevolent to me at that point in time. Something that you needed at that point yes. in time. So you could move forward. So you could be yes. more uh, successful in where you're at today. So you did. So how many children do you have now? I have three children and um, they are all adulting, very successful, um, early 30s, um, two are early 30s, one is late um, 20s. And several years ago, I think when I had approached you, um, talk about a men another mental health crisis I was going through was um, I had to come to terms with my family unit being dead. Yeah, and that's that, a hard one. That empty nester thing. So many yeah. people go through that. And you and, and it hits you. It sideswipes you because you don't think about it ahead of time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, that last one leaves and it's it's tough. So sorry, you can go on. And oh, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Um, what I wanted to say was on the surface, I was jubilant. Uh, it, this was the most incredible, wonderful time in my life. But something was happening on the subconscious level. And um, I had to come to terms with my family unit as I knew it, that it was dead. And what I mean by that is the babies that I raised, the toddlers I chased, the teenagers, I stayed up all night waiting to come home, possibly, right? You don't want to say that now, but that's what we do as parents. Well, we worry. The, mm -hmm. Right? That was, I had to come to terms with that being dead in my life. And um, I had no idea that it, it took me a good year and a half to come to terms with that idea and how to get there, how I got there. And it, it was not an easy time in my life. Fortunately for me, my writing at that point was a hobby and it really helped me through that difficult point time in life. And both men and women go through this. Yeah, um, big time. And it hits us all differently. You know, a lot yes. of marriages change. I mean, we go through acts in our life. I've talked about this on the show before. We go through acts and, you know, the first act is just growing up and learning and, and getting uh, formal educated and finding our sort of tribe, our friends, and, and, you know, that it's a discovery time. And it's also a time, if you so choose, to find a mate and start a family for some, not for others. But, you know, it is that time. That's sort of the first act. And, you know, the second act is when you're, you're raising those kids. You... you, you you're everything for everybody else but yourself. And there is so much um, talk now around, especially moms who tend to, and that's what I was going to ask you, you tend to give up careers or slow down. Mm -hmm. I slowed mine way down, which, you know, changed my personal financial little 
nest egg. And it, but it also gave me a lot of joy to be around my children and go to all their activities and see all their shows. My, both my daughters are classically trained ballerinas, so they had years and years of studying, which has never stopped to this day, really. And I, um, you know, wrapped myself around the PTA and wrapped myself mm-hmm. around being I, I began teaching at the performing arts studio that they danced at because I have a degree in theater and it just everything I could do to be around them and yet keep my work going so I had that mm-hmm. balance but you're so busy because there isn't a lot of balance there's just a lot of fatigue that that's your second act as you get your kids off and running and then suddenly they're off and you're left with your spouse if you're still together uh, or on your own if you're not and all these decisions are you've got to make is your third act it's your time together or you feel this horrible loss because it is a loss and for Mm -hmm. me I had the on top of it my 34 relationship 34 year relationship with my now ex-husband ended after right after my youngest daughter graduated college so I got this like double whammy and I was thrown out into the world by myself and it's a scary time it's a stressful time and I went through some really tough times and if I didn't have the health and wellness practices that I do today uh, I, I would be on some severe medication or I'd be medicating myself uh, to numb myself in some, you know, uh, detrimental way. And so, I, you know, it is and that or that third act can play out really great where you're with your spouse and you're, you're able to travel. It's a chance for you to reinvent yourself, to take your hobby and finally not do, a you know, yeah. a, a job that was just to fill the bank, but now something for yourself. And that's what I think you did. Tell us your story on how that came about. Well, um, it didn't come about easily, you know, because what happened at that point, I did not have that mental health background that um, I needed. Um, For me, it was, you know, we wear many hats and you don't go to a therapist. I grew up in a home. You you take care of everything yourself. We we raise the kids. You know, you always keep that smile on your face. And uh, it was fine going through life up until that point in time. And it was like the that. Uh, you know, that last daughter, well, I have three kids, um, but this was the last child. She just became a senior in college. And up until that point, as I said, I was still smiling and this is the greatest thing. I'm the empty nester. Life's going to change. It's going to be wonderful. Well, something happened and it was bad. And what happened to me, I was at an event, I was volunteering, and I was standing, and all of a sudden, my legs became numb, and my arms became numb. And I thought I was having a stroke, I was having some severe um, medical issue. And um, that's where my journey began. My subconscious was knocking on the conscious and I was not answering. And I, and I believe um, that's why I love to talk about this. We're ashamed. And we don't know where to go with this. I didn't know where to go. I kept it to myself. And I suffered and I suffered. This went on for a couple of months. 
till I spoke to, I really broke down crying and I spoke to a friend who was in the mental health field and she said, it's time. You're going to see somebody. Let's start. Good for you. And that's, that's where the journey began. And I am so, so grateful she's no longer with us. Um, you know, so, but she was there for me and um, it was a journey. And the journey began with um, seeing I, I think, what therapist, uh, you know, do you see psychiatrists? Do you see this? Well, the first thing I should say is they did all the medical tests on me. That's where you start. Is it neurological? And when everything came back normal, the doctor just does sit you down. And I want to be very honest with the audience um, today. The doctor sits you down and they say, nope, you're dealing with severe, severe anxiety. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe you have depression there. And the first thing they say is we're going to put you on the meds, the anti-anxiety um, meds. Mm -hmm. What did I know? Um, they prescribed some Xanax. I would, I would medicate by drinking at that point in my life because drinking would help numb things. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and we know that's one of the worst things that you could do. But I didn't know what was the cause. What is, there's a root cause of your problem that you need to figure it out. And it took me a year and a half to figure it out. But you I did, had, you know. I did, I had inklings of what it was. And I thought, that's it, we're a month into this. I got it all figured out, it'll be gone. No, no, no. no. Yeah, Kept it's knocking. a process, Just... it's a process. And it's so yep. funny because this is your uh, a, a true example of how your body responds to yes. stress and anxiety. So, you know, whatever you think mentally, your body is going to respond to that. And the numbness has a lot. I mean, it, it also has to do with the way you're caring for yourself, too. If you're not sleeping and you're not eating nutritious foods that are giving mm -hmm. the use the vitamin and minerals that your body needs, that your organs need to keep you afloat in a healthy, positive way, then you're going to experience trauma somewhere in your body. And mm -hmm. that's what somatic healing is all about as well. So, but, but you got to the root of it, what was causing it. It, it was a year and a half. The first step was I did meet with the therapist and um, we talked and talked. And this was just like a one day therapy session, which you think back now, you don't need just one day. But and um, you have to ask, she asked me the pertinent question. OK, you're close your eyes. Um, what is the happiest thing you could think of in your life that makes you so happy? And there it was, um, Debbie, I saw it in my head. I was standing in the kitchen with my husband and the three kids the way they were. At this point, you know, maybe they were, one was maybe 10, 11, the other one was teenager. And we were all standing around the island and we were preparing food and all of a sudden i started to cry i was with her i had a two-hour session with her at that point maybe we're into our session for a half hour i cried the next hour i couldn't stop 
Because that's your happiest moment is to be around your family. That was my happiest Hallelujah. Moment. I can completely relate. Completely right? relate. And, yes. And what did I say? Sit. I'm cured. I'm done. Yeah. Done. We know what the root of the problem is. <laughs> yeah. No, little, it's bigger. Little, but I want to get to I, I want to get to what it actually was and how you got yourself mm-hmm. at Doug out. We're going to take a quick break from one of my sponsors. We're going to come back right after and we're going to get to the rest of it. And then I want to get to your wonderful novels that you've written because that's the journey that we're going to talk about you got to. We'll be right back after this message from a sponsor. Cicera Olio de Oliva is an extra virgin olive oil company with a mission to provide high-quality, current-season Italian oils to families. They have partnered with two centuries-old family farms in the Tuscany region of Italy to grow, harvest, and bottle their amazing oils. Founded by a nutritionist who has a love of the land, sustainability, nutritious foods, and of course, Italy, they strive for a peak freshness and high nutritional content in every single bottle. All of their oils are current season, extra virgin olive oil, bringing you a true branch to bottle experience. And I know firsthand. So for an offer, go to www.cesiraoliodoliva.com and enter Balanced Life 10 for 10% off. I know you're going to love this healthy and delicious addition to just about any meal. All right, we're back. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We're talking on this World Mental Health Day. We are talking with Mary. Uh, Say your name, Mary, for me so I don't say it wrong. Mary Kay Savarese. Savarese. Mary yes. Kay Savarese uh, today, who is an award-winning author. We're going to get to it, but we're talking about when she, I mean, had a little breakdown and had some mental health challenges of herself and how she came out of it. So uh, let's start where we left off. What was the next thing that happened for you? Well, the next thing is I was fortunate. I was writing, um, you know, Raising the family, working, volunteering, everything that you said, um, as they started to leave, it um, gave me some free time. And always in the back of my head, always put it on the back burner, I had ideas for novels. I love to write with quirky titles, and I love fantasy um, adventures. And so uh, I found when I was writing and I was concentrating on my laptop that this numbness. Now, you would think at this point, Debbie, I am on the anxiety meds. I have Xanax if I need it. I would drink. I was I'm a healthy person. I always was. So I would exercise. But when I was away from my writing, which um, totally immerses you, which is one of the things you realize that this was joyous for me, um, I would experience um, the numbness. It just didn't go away. That anti-anxiety medication is not that pill that, you know, I thought, oh, this is it. It's going to stop it. Well, it doesn't. You have to... Take it by the horns, figure it out, and you have to work, 
within your life on how to help yourself with this. Now, I did learn because I crossed that bridge. Anxiety isn't a bad thing. I feared having anxiety through all of this because I'm thinking I'm going to die from it. You don't die from it. It does move you if you procrastinate. Like I've learned that if something's bothering me and I figure it out, I take care of it. My anxiety dissipates it go, or it goes away. So there are tricks that I learned, but it took me a good year and a half and therapy once a week. Yeah, and that, and just, it can take a lot longer than that, you know. Yes. I, I know people that it has, and and you know, and and I'm sure you have reoccurrences, like you said. Now you have tools yes. when things start to fester, and you and you feel it, mm-hmm. you know, all that fuel coming, and what you can do to not to avoid having your body have that response to it. So you started dabbling in writing, and was it all fiction that you were dabbling in, or what was fiction. it? Fiction. Yep. Reality is too real for me. Uh-huh. I love to write in fiction. I love to get away from that. And um, the, the joy that it gives me and the passion that I find is being a creative. Um, it takes me on the journey. And that's what I absolutely love. And um, you hear that um, writers write different ways. You could be a pants, pantser or you could be somebody that, you know, uh, you know, you have to have um, chapter in your head or written down chapter by chapter. I begin with a quirky title, something that affected me in real life. I, I have this quirky title and then I have an idea of where I want to take it, how I want to end it. And then I create my characters and then I start and it takes me on this incredible, wonderful journey. And Debbie, I'm an overnight success, a 10 year yeah, overnight ten years. success. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? I, I, yeah. My goal was to become traditionally published because 10 years ago, writers didn't have what is afforded them today. Today, self-publishing isn't taboo anymore. You have co-publishing. There are so many small publishing houses. The larger publishing houses back then were open. They're always looking for the latest, greatest thing after Harry Potter and anything with vampires. They're looking for that next trend. So, But now those big houses are close to you unless you have a literary agent. But what's happened in the last decade, a lot of small publishing houses have opened up and they will look at your work. So my goal was to become traditionally published. But it took me 10 years to get there. But did, my writing, I loved it so much that it always helped me. And so, and that's sort of the theme of what we're talking about today is finding a hobby or a passion that's going to help you, get you out of the fog, get you out of the anxiety, getting you out of yes. the depression and doing something that you love. And whatever it be, I mean, before yeah. you know it, it can turn into a full-time career, which is now you as, are a, you know, it, award-winning novelist. And, as it did. But, you know, at the time and nobody on your your family, the kids, they cannot give you that purpose. Mm -mm. You have to find that joy and purpose. And that's where 
as women, we're like, okay, we do everything for everybody else except for ourselves. That's what I was saying earlier. Yes. And in my case, moving on after uh, my divorce, I changed my career uh, in my late 50s. So and that's when I went back to school. I, I had the side hustle, right, which was a hobby, which was fitness. So I was I've been teaching since 1996. And I've been a personal trainer since 1997 total side hustle because it was my passion I had this passion it was st- the, one of the only ways that I could get through those that that sort of second act that was so busy as a, as a working mom was to exercise and was to get those you know endorphin highs and, and just stay fit so if I felt like if I look good I could feel good if I felt good I could look good and I, I learned early on that that was important to longevity and also to to mental and physical health. But um, when my marriage ended, we were in business together. So so did that gig that I had. I was a television commercial producer for 30 years. And I went on and worked some small jobs with independence and stuff. But I went back to school and I just wanted to take my passion and make it full time. You know, it was important to me to to get the message out and and fill my soul up as well with the knowledge and the expertise not only for myself and my family but for for beyond and that's now why I'm writing the book and that's why I do the podcast I've been doing the podcast now for 7 years and 8 years going on eight and it's important to me to bring in people like you who have the stories to help the audience know that they're not alone I think it's so important I want to get to your novels because you said it starts with the name and obviously you know this name about tigers loving bubble blast (laughs) Um, I know the story I know the backstory because I did the research on you but I it's a really fun story so you you need to tell the audience how you came up with this name and oh, oh. Um, and then how yep. you built a whole novel around it. So, yeah. well, um, audiences don't believe it, and it is absolutely true. Tigers love bubble baths and obsession perfume, and this was the first manuscript that was accepted by a small publishing house. And you had way. many more manuscripts before this one. Oh, that yeah, I was already by the time. Uh, my first book was published. I had six manuscripts. Okay. I where I was working on my sixth manuscript. It was this fourth one, but rejection after rejection after rejection. You have to learn how to you know, but handle that. You know, yeah. Build that tough skin. It does. But it was a joy. So for me to create things. Okay. So the backstory on this is in Saint Augustine, Florida. There is a reserve for. Um, big cats and it's really like a nursing home for old big not little cats I'm talking lions and tigers and jaguars and cougars they will take them into this wildlife reserve now where do they come from they come from maybe a cable show or a movie or actually at that point since I wrote the book but it didn't have anything to do with me it has something to do with Tiger King Mm. um What happened was um, people had these tigers as pets, and when they went to, you know, bite at your neck, that 
those people had to get rid of the, this tiger and the tigers would go to this wildlife reserve. So this is the end of the tour. And I come up and there's this big vat overflowing with bubbles. And it's about, I don't know, maybe 12 feet wide, five feet high. And I'm, I'm behind a thin cage. And standing um, on a ladder is a wildlife um, person, handler. And out walks this um, beautiful Siberian tiger, walks across the plank, looks as though he's taking off a rope. And he slips into this vat of bubbles and opens his mouth and the wildlife handler sprays obsession perfume on his tongue. It's hysterical. And Debbie, uh, it was hysterical. <laughs> and I stood there with my mouth open and I could not believe it. And this tiger just, and they love bubbles. They, tigers are the only big cats. They do love water. And the reason they love the obsession perfume, it has pheromones in it and it calms them down. It's their Xanax. So. Oh, wow. Who knew? And, you would think it would right, poison them. And, right? That was my title. Tigers. I said to myself, tigers love bubble baths and obsession perfume. Who knew? Yeah. This became my, well, this was my fourth manuscript, I said, I'm going to develop a story. And what I did was I wrote a um, murder mystery intertwined. This is where the supernatural comes in mm -hmm. for me. I wrote it around that. And it was one death after another. The reader knows what's going on, but not my protagonist. And that was the first novel. And that novel garnered eight awards. Wow. And, um, bestseller on ebooks. So that, but at that point, okay, you would think that when I approached my publisher at the time with an idea for a trilogy, I had had all these accolades, it was doing great, they would be interested, but that publisher was not interested in a trilogy. So I was able to find um, an all women's new publishing house, a small publishing house, and they're fabulous. They loved my idea. And that's where I am today with this next quirky, the girl in the toile wallpaper. Now, toile, you see it behind me. Toile is so much a part of our everyday life. It's been around for centuries. Mm -hmm. It originated in uh, toile de joie in France. And it's a very vibrant wall covering or cloth. Two very vibrant tones on a background and it tells a story. It's not a mural. A mural is one, one scene. Um, toile are many different scenes and it could be anything contemporary. It could have people in it. It could be a job. Anything you want it to be. It is that beautiful integrity of those colors. And that's what I loved about Toile so much. I had so much of it. At that point, Debbie, I was living in New England. I had so much Toile in my house, I couldn't even sell it. <laughs> but I saw stories in all my Toile. So I wrote um, The Girl in the Toile Wallpaper, where it's contemporary and it takes you back in time and it takes you to Siena and Florence at a point in time. And and you've it's a trilogy. So now you yeah, have your second. First, it's the first of the trilogy. The second of the trilogy. And this is going to sound terrible, but it's not meant to be. I didn't want to take you back. Those characters come back. I introduce new ones, but I just didn't want to bring you as an author 
back to those characters. I wanted you to want them. Mm. So what I did now, a trilogy is different than a series. A trilogy, you can take a theme. I took a theme. This trilogy is called the Star Writers Trilogy. And in the Girl in the Twelve wallpaper, they very much wish to the Star Writers and all their dreams and everything went to the Star Writers. That was the way it was portrayed in the Girl in the Twelve wallpaper. So in book two of the trilogy, I take you into the world of the Star Writers. And it's an ethereal world tucked in between the two earthly worlds. So I was ready to pull my hair out. And I said to myself, what the hell are you doing? Because I had to create worlds. Yeah, that's around. tough. <laughs> uh, I don't know um, what's beyond heaven. I don't want to see what's below where we call hell. But I created worlds around that. And I fed the characters into those worlds. Wow. And um, and we got through it. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like you did. That's a lot of yeah. imagination <laughs> and a lot of work. So I'm curious. So, uh, I mean, this is you following your passion and yes. your passion becoming, you know, a success, if you will. Well, I'm curious what your process, what your writing process is. Like, how do you start your day? You know you're in the middle of a book. You know your ideas are probably, like for me, you know, my chapters are down. My my, yes. I brain, my brainstorming is down. And then I go and delineate and do the research for each chapter. What would your process, what is a day? Because obviously it's a very healthy process. And I'm just curious so people can understand. Yes. Now, I am a fiction writer and my genre is fantasy adventure. So being a fiction writer is different than nonfiction. And what I love for me, as I told you, I begin with the quirky title. I have a general idea. Characters are so, so important. I create the characters and then I start. And I start line by line. And that one line takes me to the end of the paragraph. And that paragraph becomes the next paragraph and it becomes a page. So there's some days I could write five, maybe more than five pages, but I do a lot of editing while I'm writing. Some days it's just a page, but I love, um, I begin and I have a general idea of where I wanted to go. As I said, I'm a panster. And what that means is I live my life and I write by the seat of my pants. <laughs> and that brings me, Debbie, so much joy because um, I may think that I want this character to go one way and um, a sentence that I write and I go, oh, my God. I could do this with this character, and that's fabulous, and that gives me such joy. It's my stories take me on the adventure. I love it how so. one thing takes you to the next. That's yes. the process. That's how you know you're where you're meant to be. Right. So my purpose, my that's my purpose it, in life. I want to create um, worlds for my readers, for your audience where, you know, we lives are tough, especially what we're going through today. The anxiety level, the stress level for everybody is so high. And um, no matter where, I, I'd love to take you out of that and just put you into a fantasy world to take you away from the reality. Which is what entertainment is all about, too. Exactly. We, we have to, that's why during the pandemic, yep. Netflix and all the streaming services yes. just skyrocketed. We had to get out of 
the gr- the doom and gloom that we were going through. Yeah. So we just have a few minutes left. Uh, just some quick suggestions for the listener to if they if they have something that if they're sitting in a desk job or something that that you know many people like their jobs at a desk, but yes. some don't, and they have a passion or a hobby. What are some suggestions, real quick, that they could do to kind of get out of the rut? Stick with it. If that is truly a passion of your life, I'm not telling you quit your day job, but um, feed this passion and never, ever give up on yourself because everybody's around to tell you you're nuts. It's this, it's that. But if it gives you purpose and passion, stick with it because that's the enjoyment that you're going to get out of it. And as it's all stepping stones. Um, that one stepping stone, like for me, I, m- my manuscript, I finally got it published. And then I do podcasts, the books win awards. It's all stepping stones. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree with you. Don't give up, but find that passion to find that passion. Sometimes you have to go out and try different things. Do, go take you a too. dance class, go take an yep. exercise class, go uh, do a riding know. course, you know, do. Yes. Uh, and it could be what, anything. Yes. It could be if you're an artist, it doesn't have to be that you're writing. It could or be music. Volunteering. Yes. But, you know, you know what your passion is when you can't wait to get up in the morning and go do it. That's your passion. I agree. And that is a never too late thing. Go for it. Go for it. Don't say, oh, it's too late or I'm I'm not enough. And, you know, that's we live in that mantra. Yes. Just go do it. Just do Do it. it. Nike had something when they came up with that line because it's true. Just do it. Let the fear guide you. You know, and let it be your stepping stone to the next step. Right. And we all have that fear. But once you do it and maybe you take those baby steps, you know, you um, you you've gotten through you've gotten past that fear and you realize, man, accomplished you that know, you could do anything. That's yeah. right. Power. Empowered. empowered. Yeah. And everything I went through, Debbie, that other thing I want to share with your audience with my anxiety, um, it empowered me because I learned the tools of how to deal with it. And I crossed that bridge and I still deal with anxiety. But now I have the tools, tools. to. Yeah. To, to do to keep that going. anxiety. I love that. So, we're on to our crazy. final words, but what I want you to do is just tell very quickly how people yeah. were, were at our last minute. How can people get a hold of you? You can um, go to my author website, www.marykaysavarese.com. I have a lot of cute things there, toll um, worlds, but my books are everywhere. I am traditionally published, but they're on Amazon. I'm in Barnes and Noble, independent bookstores, which suffered so much during the um, uh, COVID. Um, I love to support them. If my book's not on the shelf, they, they just put my name in, the book comes up, they'll have it the next day but um, I'm everywhere and I just want to bring um, joy to the world by taking you on a fantasy adventure I love it and final thoughts just final words a couple of words it could be one <laughs> for the audience never ever ever give up on yourself no matter what anybody tells you if you have that passion in your heart stick with it it'll happen for you too not overnight it took me 10 years but it'll happen for you too 
I agree with you. You know, there's a lot of final words with a lot of my audiences that. So I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Mary, such a pleasure. You're such a vivacious, wonderful, effervescent person. Thank you for spreading your joy and giving us something to read and get, you know, get out of our stressful time. I suggest you go to Mary's website and uh, try to get a hold of these books because you'll probably, especially if you're into um, the other worlds, like if you're, you know, like fantasy. Yes, and yeah. to fantasy, this yeah. is like where to go. Again, Mary, wait one second, but thank you so much. And for you, my audience, I want to thank you, too, for joining us today. And remember, I want you to keep going out and finding those conversations that connect to a healthier you. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye, everybody. Thank you. 